And welcome everybody to another edition of AET Birds Weekly Report. And it's all about laying the foundation. Uh, I'm going to state it with that. I had that in the title just because of, uh, you know, what Howie Roseman talked about. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie spoke. Uh, Nick Sirianni spoke at the owners' meetings. Uh, we had a couple signings. Malcolm Jenkins' retirement. There's a, a couple of things, some news that the owner did release about some jerseys <clears throat> and colors. And uh, I do like uh, Mike's on our little uh, – report thing i think he added a uh, a little emoji there which uh it's it's nice i saw that too but how are we doing guys um i know not a ton of talk to, to talk about but at least there's something i'm good happy to um, yeah great i'm wonderful i'm super excited that we signed a, a player i'm super excited that uh football <laughs> You're, you're getting into the time where, you know, the draft talk is ramping up even more right. the days and everything with that. And the draft is a little less than a month away. So uh, you're going to keep getting the rumors, you're getting visits, you get a lot of stuff going on um, behind the closed doors. And, you know, with the owners meetings, uh, you may start seeing some stuff happen in the next week or so. But um, I want to start off with what Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni talked about. Uh, we'll get into the signings, uh, but I want to talk about this first, just because you know it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of you know people when Harry Roseman talks, he tries to not read too much into it. But uh, did you guys catch what they talked about uh, with Nick Sirianni and or Harry Roseman? And any thoughts with any of the stuff that they talked about? I didn't get to catch it, but I'm sure it's just a lot of coach speak, a lot of GM speak, you know, painting a rosy picture. Look, I've said it time and time again. I don't believe a word Howie Roseman says nope. until I see it happen because he says all the right things, but we've seen it in the past. He just, you know what? I guess I kind of respect Howie in, in a sense. He says what he needs to say to get pressure off of him so he could just go and do his job. And I get that to a point. I lie to customers all the time at work so I could do my job. You know, like I'm Mike, we are live. I'm not about to take a break. I just don't want to talk to you right now. It happens. I, I think the thing that you mentioned about the fact like he he knows the right things to say and when to say them. I mean, that I'm not a big fan of the the deception game. Now, look, Howie Roseman had a great season this this past season. His his draft was good. I mean, it's still too early to tell on this draft, but it looks like the returns of it are good. He did sign big names or players that have become big names. He's got a good core. Like he's done the right things, but I don't appreciate the the. I'm going to tell you one thing, but do something totally different. So here he is saying like. Oh yeah, Jalen Hurts is he's QB one. He's a playoff quarterback. But meanwhile, you know he's still wheeling and dealing, trying to find another upgrade at the quarterback position. I appreciate a guy like Jim Ursay who says at the end of last season, "Hey, this was wrong. We have a problem here. This is unacceptable. Changes are going to happen." And then he makes the changes and trades Carson Wentz, and then throws Carson Wentz completely under the bus today. Unnecessarily, by the way. Unnecessarily, but again. Like, you know, okay, I know where you're coming from. I got it. Sounds good. Do you think by him saying what he said at the end of the season, though, did the team a disservice? Like, had he not said what he said the way he said it, they probably could have gotten more for Carson, I would think, right? I think that a little too much was, yeah. I mean, look, I don't want to spend, you know, any more than about two minutes talking about Carson Wentz, and I think we're at a minute 58 at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
potentially maybe he tipped his hand, but at the same time, Carson Wentz put on paper that without Jonathan Taylor, that team isn't with even within spitting distance of the playoffs. So I think they got what they got. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. You know, a lot of our coach speak and everything, which is, is understandable. Um, but I I just think that, you know, what they kind of said and, and you know, with, with Jalen Hurts was a quarterback coach now, but he can't say who. And he's where guys – he knows what he has to work on and stuff like that. It's it's going to be a make or break year because we everyone knows what he needs to work on. And – you know, they didn't they didn't hit, they didn't get Russell Russell Wilson, they didn't get Sean Watson, they didn't get these other quarterbacks that they may or may not have sniffed around about. So right. this is 2022. Jalen Hurts. I don't think they're gonna be drafting any quarterbacks, but again, we don't know that. We have no idea. They had Carson Wentz sign into a contract, then drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. So do we really know? No, we can think we know, but I don't know. To me, it's just we know what's going on, and I think the Jeffrey Lurie talk was a little bit more. Um, you know, talked about him not getting involved. He doesn't get as involved as he, as he was. And he wasn't, you know, the J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, it was between J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Paris Campbell, which both guys aren't very good. So, um, Yeah, neither guy's good. Yeah, so. Well, I think Paris Campbell has more talent. He's just been hurt. So. Well, in which yeah, case, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside wins that pay. side of the deal because he's always on the field. Yeah, sadly, I guess you, you got me. You know, right. going by that logic, then JJ Sigal Whiteside was a better pick because at least he's been on display. He's the best yeah. blocking wide receiver in football. He is. He's like an extra tight end out there. Oh, God. Do you think he makes the team next year? No. No. If they had to pick no, not with them, not with them bringing back, not with not with them bringing back Greg Ward, not with them having Quez Watkins, not with them having. De- I mean, they even went out and got from Indianapolis Sirianni's favorite toy from Indianapolis. There's not a place on this team for JJ Arcega Whiteside unless he were to learn the tight end position. And I think by this point, he can't be a project player in this organization. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I. I, I, and I didn't even mention Jalen Rager, who will be on the team this year, and that's a sad thing for him. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I don't know if Jalen Rager will be on the team, but uh, – He'll be in camp. He'll be in camp. No, 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 no doubt. But I think he could be let go or uh, after the fact. But I want your guys' take on – you know, just talk a little bit about Jeffrey Lurie announcing the Kelly Green jerseys are coming back. for Not this year, for 2023. But this year they're going to have black helmets with the all black uniforms and everything. So takes on those two. Chip, you want to? I think they're uniforms. I like. I'm cool. Awesome. Super excited that there's going to be a cool color rush situation. But at the same time, that's not like a. That's the big news of the free agency period. That's the big news of the free agency period. You know, the, the Buccaneers got that out of the way all the way back in uh, at the end of the season. Like, oh, we're bringing back the creamsicles. Cool. Do they need to bring those back? I really think they do. I think those. I think, I think it'll go those, well with Tampa Tom's hue. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with the Kelly Green. It, you know, the reason it's such big news is because a lot of fans, and I like Kelly Green, but I like our regular green too. A lot of fans have just been asking for it for so long. You know what I mean? So you know that's – we make it a bigger deal than we I, need. I, the Kelly Green is cool and all, and I love it. 
I would rather them go back to their old logo. You mean with the bird holding the football? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. We're, we're talking about the Kelly Green. What we need to think is, which Kelly Green is it? Is it the 2010 Kevin Cobb game Kelly Green? Because oh, that, was I a, have not. that was a brighter green, if I'm correct. I think the Kelly Green that we're all thinking of is like the... The Randalls. 87 to 95, that era, the like the last Kelly Green, that's the one I want. But that 2010 Michael Vick, Kevin Cobb game, it was almost like a highlighter. I didn't like that at all. But what do you think about the black on black on black? Because I don't like it. I don't either. I think that dark green helmet with the black on black, with the fat white stripe on the pants leg. That's what I'm saying. That looks cool as what I just I it's I think that they're trying to to do too much. And if they have enough variations of a jersey, they can sell another variation of a jersey. Johnny's gonna buy them all. Johnny's gonna buy them all. Jeff's gonna buy them all. Peanut's gonna barter his way to get it. I mean, it's just I'm not I'm not buying any more football jerseys at this point. With the way that the free agency period has happened this season, and it happened last season too. It has turned into straight Madden franchise rules, and uh, I'm not buying any more jerseys at this point. I'm buying one. Kenny Pickett? Well, okay. (laughs) Possibly. If Kenny Pickett gets drafted by the Eagles, I will buy that. I plan on buying a black Jason Kelsey jersey. I would agree. I would agree. A player that is a staple of the organization. Like, if if you're rocking a Doc or a Kelsey – or I've even seen people like wearing a Selleck jersey. Like that's fine. You know. At what this I mean? point, it's got to be straight throwbacks. Yeah, for the most part. Because here's the thing: like even you, I said I would buy a Kelsey jersey, and you said would I buy a Kenny Pickett jersey? Yeah, I would. But in five years, four or five years, it could be a waste of money. Whereas a Kelsey well, jersey, I could have that forever. Think about it. you bought a Jalen Hurts jersey two seasons ago. It was number two. Then he changed his number to number one, which set off the whole chain of motion of why am I buying these players' jerseys? Now we're talking this offseason that he may not even be on the team. So within three seasons, he's going to have three different jerseys. Come on now. Yeah. Come on, buddy. I get, and the same thing like if you bought a Darius Slade jersey yeah. when he first got here, and then he went to number two, and then you see people at the link with duct tape on the back, you know, just drawing a player's name on, which I always liked when they did that, by the way. I thought it was funny. So. You know, but Johnny, your thoughts on the the uniforms? You know, we didn't hear from you yet. I, you know, I like the Kelly Green. I really do. Um, I just think it's something. I what they talked about, not the 2010 version. I didn't really like that all that much. Um, it was too I know bright. What they were trying to do, it was just too bland. It was just very vanilla. Um, Doug Peterson would have liked that, but um, I just think that <laughs> this style that they're going to bring, the more the 80s and the 90s. I think is going to look really, you know, it's going to be the cool factor. But again, it's going to sell tons of merchandise. They're going to sell tons of jerseys because that's what people want. And I think it's awesome. I like that they go retro because I've always watched it. Like you guys, you guys mentioned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers always had the creamsicles. So you had the creamsicles, they have the jerseys, they go back and forth. I just think that it's the nostalgia. It's everyone's like, well, they haven't, they never won anything in Kelly Green. Who cares? But it's not really about that. It's about the nostalgia. It's about the the throwback look. You know, there's people clamoring for the Sixers to bring back the Iverson days uh, jersey types. I'd be um, fine with that. 
Eight I like the jerseys they have now, though. What? The Sixers? Yeah. The red ones with the like cursive writing? Oh, wait, no. Don't they? I thought they still wore the red, white, and blue. I don't watch a lot of Sixers. Sorry. Yeah, they, they do. But again, to me, it's the, it's the nostalgia. It's, it's an awesome thing because they're going to be able to rotate between the black helmet with the black jerseys. Meh. We'll see. Whatever. But um, uh, I, know they I have- said I would rather them bring back the old school logo rather than see, the Kelly Greens. I, I like what the jerseys and everything and the logos and all. I like that of what it is now. I really do. Now, again, I grew up with all those logos and stuff like that. But when they wear the Kelly Green, and if they wear it at home, which most likely I'm sure they're going to, I'm sure the logo is going to be in the middle of the field. It's going to be the retro logo. You're going to have that because they, they had sure. that in 2010 in the middle of the field. If you happen to look, it's it's the old 1960s logo in the middle of that field. So they had that. Are you talking about like bring the logo back full time? Yes. Okay. But it, in this color scheme? I don't care about the color scheme. I want that logo back. No, what I mean is that logo is when we use the alternate and in this color scheme, like they just change the coloring around on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, see, right. I, I don't know. I, I like this logo, but again, like I grew up, it's hard when it became a fan was the the midnight green aspect. And it's just, it's always been there. So for me, I, I like this logo. I like this look. I like the throwback aspect. But You know, you're talking about, buying jerseys and numbers changing in 1995 in December of 1995, my dad bought his first ever Eagles jacket. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was black and it was reversible. It had Kelly green on the other side. It was really cool. And he loved it. And then a couple months later, they announced the color change and he was so freaking mad. But I'll tell you what, you're talking about this. Imagine if you're a Washington fan, you yeah. go from the skins to the football team to the commanders, which commanders, I don't know if I said on the show or not, it's a terrible name. It all this time. You came up with the commanders. I would prefer you kept the Washington football team. But, you know, Daniel Snyder is taking something that's supposed to be making people feel better about, you know, changing the name. And he's making money out of, off of it. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Hey, exactly. And that's what Washington does, but... Yeah, like I, I understand that I'd be frustrated too with all the changes and everything like that. But this is like a change that I think is 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 pretty cool, and I'm and I'm glad they they finally announced that they got the two shell rule, which they've tried. Um, but with all of that, I want to kind of shift gears and talk about the two signings a little bit. Um, like I said, this isn't going to be a super long show. Uh, I just want to just you know talk a little bit about the stuff that happened this past week or uh, week and a half or so. But they re-signed Derek Barnett. Oh. Um, I know there's a lot Yay. of that. Uh, we'll start with that before we get to the Kaiser White signing. But um, the Derek Barnett, at first I was like, why is, why? Like, why would you do this? And then, you know, really thinking about it, uh, looking into it. Yeah, he's making 2.6 mil this year. He still has a dead cap hit of 7.2 million or whatever. Um, it's structured differently. For me, it's it's a two-year $14 million, and then it's structured differently. But he's 25 years old. He'll be 26. He's going to be a rotational defensive end. Um, essentially, it's just a one-year deal. But for me, you need all the depth you can get. And I still don't think – some people said that this this takes them you – know, I saw some people say this takes them out of the defensive end or edge rusher to draft. No way. Not I still either. see them drafting an edge rusher high because they need as much depth as possible. Look what happened last year. 
You also have Brandon Graham, who is aging very quickly and coming off of a heinous injury. Yeah. So you cannot rely on a Brandon Graham. True. And if correct me if I'm wrong, when Derek Barnett was drafted, Vinny Curry was still here. So, you know, had we not drafted Derek Barnett, and of course he didn't turn out the way we thought he would, but, you know, if we would have just said, well, we're fine with Vinny Curry, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's a, a position. You know, I mean, hey, we could have re-signed Ryan Kerrigan. He's going to give you more than him. Yeah, we did not. Yeah. Do you think yeah. they, they go after him again, or is he? You know, I think they're going to let him test the free agency market for a little bit before okay. making an offer. I do. Because um, his worth his worth is just um, tremendous at this point. So Yeah. But no, you know, you, you look at Derek Barnett and you look at the the, the re-signing and it, you need the depth. You know, he's not a terrible player. I understand he makes stupid decisions. I understand all the, the personal foul, um, that all that nonsense that goes on. He's not bad against the run. He's very good against the run. Um, you know, he's not a terrible, like I mean, I, I mentioned this to, uh, to somebody about Derek Barnett. And to me, Derek Barnett is exactly what Mike Mamula was. Mike Mamula wasn't a bust, in my opinion. Mike Mamula was a decent football player. He had, he had like 31 and a half sacks in his career with the Eagles, um, a little bit more than what Derek Barnett has right now. But they're kind of like, you know, they're not superstars. Yeah, they may have been overdrafted. They drafted way too high than what they their careers have panned out to be. But I don't think Derek Barnett's a bust. I think he's a, he's a, he's a, a decent football player, a serviceable player that's able to be on a roster. And he's going to be able to play another five to five to six more years, in my opinion. He's not a terrible football player. So this, to me, gets into my point a little bit of the mistake that the Philadelphia fan base makes a lot, which is we give up on players too early. So Derek Barnett has a lot of upside. He has a lot of upside, and he's still, like you said, 25. He's a young enough guy. We didn't overpay for him. He was already going to be, like you said, a dead cap hit, so we're getting enough money for him. He's an extra piece. He already knows the defense. He knows the team. He knows the coaches. It's not a free agent coming in off the street. I think it's a, a, it's a, it's a good move. It's an okay move. But, again, I think the, the overall theme of this free agency – has been very underwhelming. Like we've gotten decent players. We got players that were upgrades to what we had, but they're not game-changing headline writing players. Now, Tyron Matthew is starting to pick up a little steam of coming to the Eagles. It's all over the rumorscape on, on the Twitter. He's coming back in tomorrow, I heard. That's what but again. That would be a headline writing acquisition. Derek Barnett's not. Kaiser White is not. So, you know, bringing back what you said when you first started, you know, uh, bringing up your point about giving up on players too soon. When they drafted Brandon Graham back in 2010, his first yeah. five seasons, he struggled murderous. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but his first five seasons, he had 17 career, 17 sacks in his first five seasons. Derek Barnett has 21 and a half right now. So you go. Saying, I'm not saying Derek Barnett's going to be the same caliber of player as Brandon Graham and a leader or anything along the lines of that. But who says that 
he doesn't have a good year this year. Can I just to that point though, in that time span, Derek Barnett has only ever played defensive end. If we remember correctly, Brandon Graham was switched from hybrid and yep. to that outside linebacker. 2013, 14, yeah. 15. That he was the switch to that the hybrid mold. Um, but again, he did struggle his first three seasons under Andy Reid in a four-three defense. And I I'm not saying he's gonna be an all pro or a pro bowler, but I still think he is a serviceable and they still need they needed to get a veteran defensive end. And you know, talking about it earlier this offseason, we mentioned different pass rushers that they could sign. Uh, one guy was Arden Key, who just signed with Jacksonville. Like a player along the lines of that, you know, Derek Barnett, I think, is better than Arden Key. So you get Derek Barnett back. And to me, yeah, it's it's a frustrating because he struggled. He hasn't lived up to that potential. But if the Eagles can, you know, build up the depth here, draft certain players, and then bring in a couple players, you know, the rest of – next month before the draft that are able to, um, you know, help out this team. And I think you can start seeing a little bit more of a a successful offseason, a little bit more clamor around um, the fan circles of them doing a little bit better than they have and not just running it back. If people, if you want to say that, because there's, there's a lot of people talking about that, but the other signing they made was a linebacker, Kaiser White. Now, there was talk. He's listed due to a team, but I know there was a couple of Chargers um, and sources and stuff like that that were talking and said that he played last year upwards of around 230, 235, if I'm not mistaken. So it's light. It's still light, but it's when you look at the linebackers nowadays, you're not going to have the 250, 255, 260 pound middle linebackers like a Jeremiah no. Trump or anything along the lines of that. For me, Kaiser White fills a need with you, one, being able to cover. Um, he's a lot better coverage linebacker uh, at converted safety from West Virginia when he came into the league. But he's gotten better every year. And I don't think this is comparable to what the Eric Wilson signing is. Um of last year. Um, but again, people are going to be hesitant because the linebacker signings over the years have not really panned out unless you're looking at Nigel Bradham back in uh, 2016. Um, My only concern is, did they just sign a different Nate Gary? Yeah. And I think that's, that's my, so like, yes, you look at the upgrade over, you know, Singleton and Jannard Avery. Yes, I do think that Hassan Reddick and Kaiser White are, are better. I do. I as well. Oh, no doubt. I, I, I do. But again, it, then it all comes into coaching and scheme. You know, we were all under the impression that we were going to be um, getting a brand new defensive coordinator because the one we had was such a hot commodity in the coaching world. And y'all, that didn't happen. <laughs> Well, but Chip, hold on. You said you're talking about coaching and scheme. We have no scheme, remember? I'm, I'm going to hit you. But I'm just saying that that's my problem is we're bringing all these guys in and I still don't know defensively if these are good signings or not because you know, I don't know what our scheme is. What I know is that our brand of defense is terrible and I hate it. I do. 
because this defense, as much as I hate to admit it, was better under Jim Schwartz <laughs> with worse players. Yeah. We could say some of the players that are on this defense right now are better than what Jim Schwartz had in his last season as defensive coordinator. And it sucks because if Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon is so smart, I keep hearing how freaking smart. You know what? No, actually, it makes perfect sense. My my cousin is a borderline genius, and he's one of the dumbest people I've ever met. So, okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Jonathan Gannon. I think Peanut's question here is good. You know, do you think Kaiser White was a Howie signing or did Gannon force his hand? It could be both. It could be both. And we'll never know because, as we said, the ability that Howie has to talk between the truth is – you know, sensational. It's what he is known best for. He talks between the truth. But again, even if you paint a third, it's still a piece of crap. And we, this defense was, was porous last year. And that's being kind. I am being kind. I believe how he also said he didn't think that they'd be able to get Kaiser for the price that they got him at. So I think what we're seeing now with Kaiser white, with Derek Barnett coming back, they're letting the market dictate what they can and can't afford, which tells me I think they make a splash in the draft. And he also, I believe how he did say, I saw a quote that, you know, he's tired of these one-year signings that don't work out, and there's a long list of them. Yeah. So he's trying to be more diligent in that, in that respect. So will I take a quote-unquote boring free agency period to have more sustained long-term success? Yeah. I'm okay with that. Let's not forget, if I remember correctly, I believe the 2017 offseason was very slow at first. And then we had some late additions like later on in the year. Like I think Ronald Darby was a trade in training mm-hmm. camp. Yep. And Ajayi trade in the middle of the season. Ajayi was in midseason. I remember I went to his first game uh, when they played the Broncos. Um, LeGarrette Blunt, I think, was like later in or early summer. And that's yeah, and look, that's, that's where I'll give I'll give Howie the credit. And you're hearing a little bit coming out of I want to say Baltimore, they were talking about it, but like you look at a player like Deshaun Watson, and he has completely changed the landscape of contracts for a quarterback. That's insane. Right? What he got it's paid. insane. And you look at what some of these wide receivers were signing for, and you look at what some of these other players are signing for. And if Howie had paid some of those prices, we would have eaten him alive. So, yes, he's not getting the flashy free agents, but he's also not overspending on these guys either. So it's kind of like he, he's sitting on the sideline, and that's great. And we know that he makes moves you know, close to the trade deadline, and we're all really excited for them because they typically are pretty good moves. It's just very frustrating when teams are out there spending the level of money that they are for us to be going, here's Kaiser White. Well, the thing is, you know – Marcus Williams, they were in on him, but he wanted to go to Baltimore. In on Allen Robinson, he picked LA. And other teams are when the players are picking the other other teams because they, maybe they just fit better, or maybe they offered. You know, Christian Kirk was another one. They didn't go to the level that Jacksonville did. So Christian Kirk got way overpaid. That's kind of my point. They're in. They're sniffing around. They're trying to see you know, exactly what fits and what, what does it. And the reason LA didn't bring Kaiser white back is because Brandon Staley's defense, he wants bigger middle linebackers. They had him playing middle linebacker in their defense. So they want they also just their- picked up Khalil Mack. I think they're going to be okay. Well, this is true. You talk yeah, about a team that's spending some bank right now. The chargers are 
You don't need a Kaiser White when you've got a Khalil Mack who is a successful hybrid player between the two positions. Well, I think Khalil Mack more is a pass rusher, especially this time, this late in his career. That's really all he's he's agreed. Agreed. But what I'm saying is, you don't need a Kaiser White in that situation because he plays middle linebacker for them. He's going to play outside. He's going to be able to do different things that the Eagles did not have. We've always clamored for about linebackers. You want to get linebackers. And hey, yeah, I, I may be a little bit more homerish to this signing because he is from McCungie and he is from Emmaus High School. So I've watched his career since he came in just because of that. But again, watching him last year, you know, and, and I'm not just going to say, oh, just his tackles, the tackles he made. I went a little bit deeper, watching some other games. There's a couple plays he made that Alex Singleton would have never made or he would have tried to make, but he would have been three steps too late and the guy would have been by him. Same with Nate Geary. Um, a couple of different plays he made. Uh, Nate Geary would have been turned we don't around. Talk, we don't talk about Nate Geary. <laughs> just, just just wait till Kaiser White He's, wears number 47 and plays. No, but you know here. what it is like? And, and I hear what you're saying about Kaiser White. And like, I, I'm, I'm excited to see him on a field. I like the home story. I like all the things about him. Where I get concerned is even though Alex Singleton was garbage juice in pass coverage, he at least was a sure-handed tackler. So in order for me to get an upgrade in Kaiser White, I need to see the coverage skills, and I also need to see sure-handed tackling. I cannot go back. We can't go backwards to where we're we're leading with our head and we're missing open field tackles and we're not – Alex Singleton losing him in that aspect is very important to talk about. So you're you're saying Alex Singleton's a sure-handed tackler. And now you're going to pull up how many broken tackles he had. Sure. But how many of them were for being out of position because he simply was not athletic enough? I have a question. Do you think Kaiser White replaces both Alex Singleton and possibly Kayvon Wallace if he's a hybrid player? if you have him as box safety because Kayvon Wallace hasn't really panned out, is this Howie addressing two positions? Do you think they have him play safety sometimes if the will linebacker is not on the field for a specific play? So this is the way I kind of see it. I think that you're going to see a lot. They like Davion Taylor. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, the injury bug is in him. You know, I I thought last year he was coming on. Um, after they benched Singleton, they had Davion Taylor playing a lot more next to um, T.G. Edwards. And I thought they they both played pretty well. Um, but again, I think you're going to see a lot more Davion Taylor. You're going to see Kaiser White. I think it adds an element of speed. It adds an element that Eagles defense hasn't had. Now, I don't know what the, the Kayvon Wallace, this is this is his make or break, you know, all season. He's going to have to show something because, um, again, this – he was not a draft pick of these guys, so he's going to have to show what he can do, what that is. I'm yeah, not but, sure. but you say what? that, but neither was Jalen Rager. No, it wasn't. I, I understand. So how, how – Kayvon Wallace – if if Kayvon Wallace is in the make or break year, then Jalen Rager is broken and is gone. Yeah, well, well – That would make me really happy, wouldn't it, but, Chip? It would because honestly, I, I do for, – for Jalen Rager's sake at this point, he cannot be successful here. He just can't. Because no matter what he does, he is never going to live up to the expectation of the players that were drafted around him, and that's all he's going to be judged for. And it's interesting that you know Don Conway is saying this, you know, about bringing up a DK Metcalf. Until DK Metcalf puts on an Eagles uniform, Jalen Rager will always be compared to him. 
You mean J.J. Arcega Whiteside? Yeah, that. No, we're getting. We're, uh, sorry, Justin Jefferson is uh, uh, Rager's mistake. Yeah. yeah. So, but I'll end the. And you, and you I, can't compare the two. It's not fair. They're different I, players. I think that because there, there's a lot of players. There's you know one's good, the, one's bad. The DK talked. There's apparently Debo Samuel. Not sure with the contract negotiations with them. You know AJ Brown. Brandon Cooks. There's a lot of receivers that are out there. Jarvis Landry is still out there for Christ's sake. Yeah, but he wants $20 million a year. So I, Which, I don't know. I mean, dude, $20 million a year for Jarvis Landry. That is too much. Like, Jarvis. That's like giving $6 million a year to Greg Ward. It's just not going to happen. Like, Jarvis, my man, if you're listening to this, which you're not, but if someone could just relay this, you are a fine NFL player. You, my friend, are not worth $20 million a year. Sorry. No. Exactly. But again, I want to end the go back before, you know, I told you Kaiser White, Alex Singleton, Kaiser White, 5.3% missed tackle percentage last year. Alex Singleton, 12.7% missed tackle. But percentage. And again, and I hear you, but we also know that Alex Singleton was not athletic enough in coverage. So typically he was out of position when it came to any kind of pass coverage. Kaiser White isn't at a position a lot. so No, I'm saying that he's more athletic than Alex Singleton. Be both beneficial, which we'll see. Um, we'll see what they do. And again, this, this offseason is going to be fun uh, with the draft coming up because I think that they're going to be active, whether it's making a trade up before the draft or making a trade on draft night. Um, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, this is where I'm going to kind of start wrapping it up a little bit. You know, we kind of, we, we, we did a lot of our, our talk. There isn't too much to talk about this week, but next week, um, a couple of things in mind. Uh, we will be uh, joined by Rob Motti, um, faith on the field podcast. Uh, he's a AP NFL writer. He's going to join us, talk about the off season. So uh, definitely some fun, uh, fun stuff going on. We have some stuff planned. Um, so just stay tuned. Uh, we're not going to break it yet. We're not going to say anything yet, but uh, a couple of things that we have in store uh, in mind that we're thinking of doing. So uh, definitely stay tuned with us. Uh, check out all our social medias. I'm going to run down through all the sponsors. Johnny, before you do, can I just say one thing? Go ahead. The NFL also did pass a rule where both teams now get possession in overtime. Yeah. So I just do think, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles cultural another combined situation. Yeah. So and I thought that was important to Don. I'm sorry, there is no draft show this year. Uh, life is pretty hectic. And He's got two babies now. Come on, Conway, yeah. you know that. You know that lifestyle. But again, we may start talking draft stuff on here in the next couple of weeks. So tune into that. You'll get some, you get my input, my thoughts. So definitely, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, the Statement games, fun, free twist on fantasy sports. There is a link in the bio. Uh, Manscaped.com is partnered with AT Birds. Use the code AT Birds for 20% off and free shipping at checkout. Chip has a commercial we're going to be playing at the end. ATSportsNetwork.com slash shop. Have a couple ideas that I'm working on. Um, we're getting those up soon, so definitely keep an eye out. Um, there may be a little bit of a Kelly Green influx. Uh, into some of this stuff. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Symbol, stock market for sports, symbol.com. Use the promo code AT Sports when you sign up. And triple threat bets, triple threat wagers.com. 
uh, check them out. Uh, great handicapper for college basketball. Of course, college basketball season is winding down. We got the final four this weekend. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Go Nova. Nova final four and next year. Exactly. Nova. Go Nova. And I think that just about does it with tonight's show, fellas. Short, sweet, to the point. Yeah. Like me. The way we do it. But uh, yeah. with that, we'll end it like we always end it. And Chip will hit the commercial. Go Nova. <laughs> yeah. Go Nova and go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Are you tired of my cheesy Manscaped commercials that only talk about products that service your nether regions? Well, the brand new Ultimate Premium Collection is out. Snap your fingers and let's talk about it. Believe it or not, it's for a not-so-private part. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist, now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS. This package includes a lot of wonderful products, including Manscaped Body Wash to lather you up with their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. It also includes a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It'll help clean your scalp with one easy step. Next up in this package is the Hydrating Body Moisturizer. Do you have tattoos or issues with dry skin? This is designed to keep your skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. Don't forget about the Manscaped Premium Deodorant. No, not for your balls, for your stanky armpits. This deodorant dries clear, is aluminum-free, and smells like their signature scent. Plus, this package includes a free gift, a three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. That's four products and a free gift inside the Ultimate Premium Collection. What a score. All these products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-friendly, and dye-free. The best ingredients with zero compromise. Don't forget to go to manscaped.com and use the code AATBIRDS for 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. Your balls and body will thank you.